Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to your D1TN5 for Friday afternoon, July 24th. My name is Anthony Grassi, and let's jump right into the most important things you need to know from in and around college athletics in five minutes or less. We start with the news from the NCAA Board of Governors meeting today, which is that there is no decision on fall championships. NCAA President Mark Emmert saying, in part, quote, We all remain deeply concerned about the infection trend lines we see. It is clear that the format of our championships will have to change if they are going to be conducted in a safe and fair manner. We discuss other complexities in addition to the health and safety impacts to include team availability, travel limitations, and various local and state restrictions. We will continue our discussions in August. The Pac-12 reports Commissioner Larry Scott has fully recovered and is out of quarantine two weeks after announcing he tested positive for COVID-19. The entire Michigan State football program were quarantined for 14 days after early results from last week's testing have a second staff member and a student-athlete come back positive. American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco saying on the Paul Feinbaum show, quote, This is all about risk reduction. It can't be risk elimination because we can't eliminate risk. We're trying to reach a reasonable level of risk to play because it means a lot to the student-athletes to play, to the coaches and communities. If our medical group told us to stop, I'm pretty certain our board would say, that's it. But our medical people have not told us to stop. They think we can do this in a reasonably safe manner with all sorts of protocols in place. From Stadium's Brett McMurphy, sources told Stadium NCAA advises schools that after a student athlete has a confirmed positive COVID test, they won't have to test again for the next three months unless they show symptoms. For example, players who test positive in July will not have to test again until October. Sportico's Michael McCann reports the NIL legislation deadline in October may be pushed back due to COVID-19. In speaking to compliance officers around the nation, there is concern that student-athletes will be taken advantage of, given that most student-athletes will go at it alone and not hire representation, and that sneaker companies will go directly to the star student-athletes, with one saying, quote, if Nike can get our star quarterback and wide receiver, they might not see the same need to pay us what they pay us. Compliance officers believe disclosure requirements, scholarship language adjustments, clear parameters, guidelines similar to those for social media, gender equity considerations, and additional lawyers in athletic departments would help. It looks like the additional 10th Pac-12 league games are headed in the following direction. Arizona versus Cal, Arizona State versus Stanford, Colorado versus Oregon State, Oregon versus Utah, UCLA versus Washington, and USC versus Washington State. Cuts to the Student Assistance Fund in the latest NCAA distribution are leading to some student-athletes taking out loans to cover permanent and total disability and loss of value policies. One Big 12 student-athlete says his institution was going to cover a $30,000 premium on a $3 million policy, but recently told him that they would only be able to cover $5,000, leading to him stating, quote, So you can't even guarantee me protection on the field? Even though this is a sport, we feel like essential workers, and we're not getting paid, and we're not getting any type of benefit. Nothing. We're just here in the midst of it all. On the other hand, some institutions are still footing the bill, with one Big Ten AD saying they paid the policies before spring practice, and SEC Associate Commissioner Herb Vincent indicating the conference used unrestricted NCAA monies to fund the SAF at the same amount. Sportico's Anthony Krupe and Eben Novi williams dig in on the $793 million in ad sales generated by ESPN last season around college football programming, a number that doesn't include data from the SEC Network, ACC Network, or any ESPN Plus kicks. For comparison, ESPN's NFL package only generated $314.8 million. If football does get canceled, ESPN will have to negotiate make goods for ad buyers and sort hundreds of millions in rights payments it owes to schools, conferences, and bowl properties. Unwinding that billion-dollar web of payments will be a Herculean task, 
However, there are limited incentives for brands, large or small, to pull their money from the worldwide leader. Plus, there's this current advantage for the network, quote, also working in ESPN's favor are its affiliate fees. Each month, the network receives $9.06 for every household that subscribes to its linear TV feed, a premium rate. The industry averages around 40 cents per subscriber per month. That this year will pump some $8.8 billion into ESPN coffers. That's just for keeping its signal turned on and the loss of marquee programming won't put ESPN in default with the operators. Memphis has identified $4.4 million in budget cuts, including 14% reductions in sport, operational, and administrative budgets. That current budget is based on the Tigers' ability to host fans at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium this season. The Big East will not allow men's golf teams to compete during the fall season after conference ADs unilaterally denied a request from their respective head coaches. In a letter from those head coaches, quote, with Big East schools located in northern climates, for us to have an equitable chance to be competitive at a national level, it's imperative we compete in the fall. The weather in the spring doesn't allow many of us to play an event within a drivable distance until April. Not only would we face a competitive disadvantage, we would significantly increase travel costs in the spring by purchasing flights for additional tournaments. In return to campus updates, Michigan's latest round of testing on July 20th and 21st included 94 tests for student-athletes, coaches, and staff with four positives. In its weekly update, Purdue reported 27 positive tests out of 415 conducted since student-athletes returned to campus on June 8th. Out of the 235 Virginia student-athletes tested for COVID-19 since returning on July 5th, four are positive, including three from the football program. And that is off your D1T and 5 for Friday afternoon, July 24th. Be sure to check your inbox for more updates on what is going on around the nation in and around college athletics. My name is Anthony Grassi, and we will see you next time.